free wisdom. Welcome back to the Free Wisdom Podcast. Um, as always, I'm your host, Latif Wisdom. I'm your co-host, Malcolm Voltaire from Jesus Was Black. And if you're watching this or you're listening to it, today we got a good guest. You may be, may be able to recognize him or see him. Um, as always, before I even speak on this guy, I want him to introduce himself. Yo, what's up, man? This is uh, D-Map. Uh, glad to be here at uh, Free Wisdom. My brother, Latif. Uh, you know what I'm saying? My brother, Malcolm. Uh, we here for it. What up? We, today, we today we at Wonderland, owned by Brill, um, artists out in um, Florida that's, that's, that's settled out in Atlanta now. Um, he grazed us with the opportunity to record at his, his location today. So I want to shout out to Wonderland. And just jumping in, um, I want to first ask you, Map, what do you represent? I represent my, myself, man. I represent uh, peace and prosperity, and uh, I represent family and uh, unity. That's why I'm here today. Right. Yeah. And when it comes to um, also on the other hand of, you know, you know the, the underlayer of the things that you represent as well on in life, whether it's your, you know, cre- what you do creatively, what you do um, outside of. You know, those things as well. Oh, fashion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fashion, man. You yeah. know, I, uh, I'm i a student of fashion. Mm-hmm. I uh, I love the things that uh, on the outside of what fashion is, you know, like from textiles to um, styling. Uh, I love the way that it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I normally derive my, my creativity from how it makes me feel. Uh, and as long as I can tap into that, I feel like I can execute my garments at the highest quality. When, when was the first moment in your life, um, and I want to get a background too, mm-hmm. on when that, that, that you, were, you were introduced to that idea, you became engulfed in fashion and styling and textiles and things like that. When was that first moment? Man, I've always been this kid. Mm-hmm. I've always been this kid. Uh, if my grandmother, my mother, they've always said that I've always had just a, a knack for finding something unique. And I was always looking for something unique in, like, the way that I dressed, right? Mm-hmm. And however, I just wasn't able to afford it. So it always made me, it always made people in the family feel like I just wanted the most expensive thing. But they didn't know that I was looking for the uniqueness in the garment. And I started mm-hmm. to understand that when something looks really, really unique, it does have a different price tag than something that looks regular. Yeah. Yeah. What were you what, looking outside your house for the, for like those affirmations like or did you was there somebody in particular that like inspired you to to notice that, you know what I mean, in in clothes? No. No, no, mm. no. Well, I would say I would say more so my grandmother, but I didn't understand um I, we didn't really understand each other, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. we knew that we both were creative, but my grandmother used to sew. And I could see later in life that I got that from her. Her name was Evelyn Mapp. And I could see later in life that uh, her skill set, knowing how a garment functions and stuff like that, was passed through me. But she never got a chance to really see me ever, uh, for, from my knowledge, yeah. you know, develop something. Yeah, I never got a chance to even talk to her about that. It was more indirect. It, no, it was it was direct. Yeah, I, I've mm. always loved fashion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying as far as her influence, like 
It, I think maybe biological. Yeah, you know, okay, gotcha, you know what I'm gotcha. saying? Like I don't because uh, it, it was I saw I saw what she was doing. Like she made hats, she made choir robes, she would you know mm. make things for us to or repair things. But I always uh, uh, assumed that was you know I mean just a skill set of a grandmother. You know? Yeah, everybody yeah, don't you know? see that. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? And um, and then as I started to get into fashion, uh, she never got a chance to. Mm. See me like explore. I started off design like I started off doing graphics, uh, because I always wanted to like develop something around fashion, but on the graphic side. Yeah, yeah. And more about the map, man. I want to learn more about map. Um, where are you from? I'm from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm from Atlanta. I'm from the west side of Atlanta. I grew up across the street from Morehouse. What uh, what, what elementary, middle, high school you went to? Uh, and Magnus Jones was my middle school, and then I went to high school. I didn't go to middle school. You didn't go to middle school? No, nah, yeah. <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah. It just we was we were like the last class uh, of students that went from like kindergarten, pre-K mm-hmm. to like seventh seventh grade, all at one school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I went from mm-hmm. like that school to high school. I went to Washington High. Okay, you went yeah. to Washington. And what year was that? And uh, and when when. Pre-K through seventh was in one building. You know what? I don't know because none of my other friends at high school went through it. We were mm-hmm. the only elementary school uh, in oh, the city that did it. Gosh, yeah, gosh. you know what I'm saying. Our school was uh, mm-hmm. our school was like uh, in Magnus Jones, but it was like I want to say like we were a premier school because like I had I started off using my first ever computer I used was a Macintosh mm-hmm. at Apple. Uh, mm-hmm. Did a setup at our school, nice. and then, yeah, and yeah. then they like. They invited students in to play with them, and then I took a liking to it. So they, I got involved in, like, this Apple Macintosh program. Nice. And then, like, the New York Stock Exchange came to our school. Like, all the athletes, when they came to Atlanta, they would, like, we got a lot of them at our elementary school. Yeah. So I feel like something was special about yeah. it. And then I went to Washington High, like, which was, like, if you're from the west side of Atlanta, that was a high school that uh, that, uh, that you went to. I mean, mm-hmm. it's other. It's, no, I mean, that's the high school that we went to for our neighborhood. But it was other high schools that were on the west side of Atlanta. But Booker T. Washington is like the oldest high school in the city of Atlanta for black people. Mm-hmm. We got like a hundred, I think, almost a hundred years of graduating classes. Nice, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. And then, who were you in high school? Me, yeah, same guy, yeah, yeah. But I was. I mean, listen, I wasn't. <clears throat> I wasn't a. A super cool guy, but I wasn't like a nobody either. You know what I'm saying? Meaning mm-hmm. super cool, like I wasn't like, I wasn't gangster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I went to school with like all my partners was gangsters though. You know what I mean? How did make it? How did how did that make you feel like when it came to you know where you were interested in fashion at that point, or did you know what your interest was? Were you um, at a state of like, oh, I need to be more like my friends, or or were you very individual? Like, no, I know who I am, and I'm I'm okay with that. You know, I had I was, a I had a, uh, <clears throat> I had a, I had a very sure perspective of who I was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? From a kid early off, I I understood who I was, and I was okay with like not being accepted by any crowd. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but I had like some really really strong friends as I grew up, and I would find myself not being you know like super square and not being like total gangster or total like street. Mm-hmm. I was in a very unique pocket, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't play sports and nothing that would give you, like, the neighborhood pass. I just had, like, a cool demeanor, and I love engaging with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and I was able to kind of, I was able to move around the city of Atlanta like with no with no like infractions my right. whole entire like childhood. How did that play a role in in the challenges of being uh, whether a young black man at that time, whether in in the realm of dating, whether in the realm of you know getting into altercations or anything that challenged you that pushed you to be the man you are today? How did that mind state play a role in that for you? Oh, nigga, we was built to go, like, Mm -hmm. period. You know what I mean? Like, our life, I mean, the neighborhood that I grew up in was, uh, it it presented every challenge that uh, adults would have to face to kids. Yeah. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And, you know what I mean? And then crack hit. Mm -hmm. And that totally, like, so I had, I had, like, I had, like, a major... Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. But at the top of my hill was Morehouse, and at the bottom of my hill was Dope. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, uh, basically, the thing, <laughs> the thing to look forward to was Morehouse, the thing that, the opposite of that experience. See, I don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it was, just, it, it was just that was the dichotomy. Like, at the top of the hill was, like, Morehouse, Spellman, Clark, mm-hmm. Morris Brown. Mm-hmm. And then, like, right across the street would be, like, the you know what I mean like the life that you're experiencing like growing up right across the street from the projects being in a house like um, boys and girls club 100 percent saved my life mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying one of my man listen one of my best friends and I and we haven't seen each other in man maybe 20 some years but this mm-hmm. guy Robert Cooper mm-hmm. saved my life he came and got me he was like yo he asked my mom like Miss Map can I take uh, I could take a little map in the Boys and Girls yeah. Club. But the Boys and Girls Club was in the projects. It was, like, right on the side of the project. So you had to go through Harris Homes. And Robert was like, no, nah, I got him. He going to be straight with me. Yeah. And so, like, man, if it wasn't for Robert Cooper, I would have never, like, gone into, like, the Boys and Girls Club. And from there, like, I became, like, a shining star. Like, I, I, I got the support that I needed that... I wasn't getting like in any other place. I met Denzel Washington. Yeah, mm-hmm. like man, Denzel had a real conversation because it was like he mm-hmm. went and did a tour for Boys and Girls Club, yeah. and he wanted to talk to all of the kids who reminded him of himself. Um, and the Boys and Girls Club was like putting kids to sit with Denzel and talk yeah, with him and all of that. Yeah, it was it was amazing. How did that? How was that conversation? Man, I asked him the wildest shit, man. I was like, yeah. yo, you know what I'm saying? I heard, like, he was a garbage man before you, like, became an actor. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you read that? I was like, yeah. He was like, well, not necessarily, you know what I'm saying? But he was like, I wasn't doing well before I started doing well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, shit, that gives you hope. Because mm-hmm. it was like, he started from a point where you could actually see someone, you know, like, in your life at that point. And then to know, like, you've achieved this. I was like, oh, it's possible. Yeah. 100%. I was like, oh, it's possible. I'm gone. <laughs> they was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm going to see the world, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's ironic because uh, I just watched uh, Denzel's interview. I'm not, I'm not sure the title. It's like one of his most recent. You know, he's with another actor, and he's pretty much talking about how his roles were the almost the ideology of a real man or, like, the challenges a man has to go through and him shining that, that light. And he's like, people look at, at you like a, a beacon to for the image of a real man. And he's like, I was acting, you know. Uh, I think I'm flawed every day and I'm humbled by God and life to change and to have my flaws. But those are just movies. He looked at the camera and was like, 
don't follow those things. But hopefully what I'm saying can be a vessel to your experience, you know. So just listening to that, you know, and, and thinking about the choice, the choices he did in his roles made it more like Denzel found a purpose, you know, in himself, uh, a realization of himself. And was like, no matter what art form I do, this will be the story, whether I write it, whether I'm on a podium, whether I'm acting, whether I'm creating clothing. Um, what is that for you? What is that story? What is that that thing that, you know, gave you life and was like, that's what I'm going to say, no matter what I'm making, doing, and living? Mm, that's a good question, man. Yeah. Um, one, two, three. I mean, uh, normally I don't even jump into a question like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think because to be perfectly honest, I feel like that's me uh, <clears throat> trying to uh, explore my ego. Mm-hmm. Fuck am I supposed to know what God has for me? Mm-hmm. I'm just supposed to be experiencing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because if it was up to me, shit, <laughs> it wouldn't even be a question. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a question of what, you know, like, no, I don't have an answer for that. You would, you would see, though. I mean, I, I think that would be the answer. Like, let's just see. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've been a lot of people already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've been a lot of people already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because as a 27-year-old dude, and I'm hit with that question um, with my mind and not having the mind of someone like Denzel and his experiences or whoever else in their experiences um, for years they've been on the planet, you know, I can automatically say, oh, I know my purpose. But back to what you said, it's like, do I? You know what I'm saying? Um, Sometimes when I'm, like, studying things like that, I just search those places that, who I am at my truest, who I am when I'm uncomfortable, who I am when I'm, like, challenged to be better. Like, whatever that is, is the journey and what I should walk because I'm not truly comfortable with it yet. And that can only mean it's, that's the step to take because life, as far as I'm concerned, that's how life been from the day we're born to now. Yeah. Uncomfortable things that push you to be better. And so to us to be so stable and to this makes me happy, so this is my purpose, it, at some point, you got to say, you, you might be wrong. It might be an ego talking because that's comfortable for you because it's easy. No, because I'm saying some people may actually, like, subscribe to it. Some mm-hmm. people may actually, uh, it may be the thing that drives them. So I can't true. judge it. That's you true. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm just saying for me, mm-hmm. being a Gemini. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gemini. Oh, yeah, for sure. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying yeah. to, uh, man... I'm flighty. Let's just say it right there. I'm flighty. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So trying to ground me to a particular thing yep. doesn't necessarily like uh, it doesn't feel it. It doesn't, doesn't give you the room you need to grow. I don't have a word to position it because mm-hmm. like if you're flighty, right, I could catch a wave. You know, how you see birds and they just like some birds are flying in directions. Mm-hmm. Some birds are flying in groups. Then sometimes you see this bird and it's just like. Look like it's having a fucking ball. It's just on a wave, and then it flaps, and then it's on a wave, and mm-hmm. it flaps, and it's like damn, and then they go land somewhere, and then they get back out there again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my Gemini personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, like it's feeling. I, it's, it's it's all about for me. It's the feeling. Like yeah. mm-hmm. when when it's time for me to make an, an to do this, that's what I'm gonna do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I need to do that though. You know what I mean? I need to have those that opening to have an outlet 
even if it's not the outlet I've been doing for the last year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I, yeah. I definitely feel what you're saying. And yeah, that's such a contrast to me because uh, I'm in my water sign ways, I think. Um, and it's just knowing, it's, it's so fast. It's like, to me, it's fascinating to always know, like, the eyes you live out of and 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 whatever you think, oh, this is how life can, can, is constructed for me, mm-hmm. is never what someone else's you know, vision of what, how they walk. The, and, and so intricately, so... My perspective has always been like, I'm really good when I'm doing that one thing. Really good at that one thing. And I can, and somehow I'm relating all those experiences to that one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a different perspective, but the same in, in, its, in all because I feel the same way. I like, I gotta do, I can't stay with uh, the same routine, but I have to, I, I need to, I like to stick to one thing. I change to, I need to like because. I see the it's it's almost uh, a story that teaches me that same process just with that consistent storyline, and it helps me unravel things, help me become better, helps me learn, help me see my shadows, help me all those things. Um, but I've always felt close to that concept as well, like just being like free in a sense of like not bounding yourself to one way of thinking, one way of seeing something, and oneself like mm-hmm. journey into different journeys. And personalities or ways is life. You should never just be that one thing, of course. Um, and things work for others different ways. But um, a little more on like the name map. How mm. far does does that go? I, is this, does your extent of the map family go to your grandma? Does it extend? And uh, what did you learn from that in your family? <clears throat> mm. No, I, I have a, a broken history. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not a lot of information there. I, uh, I'm, I guess I'm okay with that also because I mean I'm I'm looking to make a a legacy of my own uh, mm-hmm. with this last name. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, my grandmother definitely she she was married to a map, and then um, the information is just I guess it's available. Uh, it just it's broken, you know, like so. It just it's just a part of our culture, man. Mm. Um for a particular group of us where you had like um family that hasn't been able to progress and being able to organize and like secure certain things for their for the future so that a question like that would be easily answered. Um but I'm looking to do that um uh, for my for my family and for my generation after me. So I'm taking the time out to document a lot of things, and I just haven't pieced it all together yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not, I'm not like the only map. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not uh, sure how connected I am to other maps. I just heard of, my wife was just telling me about two guys that played basketball, last name map, mm-hmm. amazing basketball players. And then uh, my mother was telling me that uh, her father had a auto garage, and uh, it was, I guess, it would necessarily run in our family too. Then you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I love cars. I love muscle cars. I love drag racing, drifting, uh, time attack, like <laughs> anything. I, I love yeah. it. The, the smell of burning rubber and gas. I, I fuck with it. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> back to my, but back to me, map. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I well, took a turn on the interview. Shit kind of got a little <laughs> sluggish. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Man, no, listen, I'm, I mean, 
I don't know what you're really looking for out of the the, the conversation, Latif, but mm-hmm. I'm me, man, and I'm so, like, good with being me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I have, like, some things that I would like to say. Uh, I love to express myself through uh, any creative medium. Um, mm-hmm. I just haven't uh, taken the time out to present to the world any of the other things that I love mm-hmm. to do. Uh, some of the stuff is just still very private to myself. All right. Yeah. Um, maybe you know what I'm saying. Maybe my my kids uh, later in life will like show people the stuff that I love to do. Yeah. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You feel like it's, you're gonna be holding on to it like that? No, no. I'm not holding on to anything. It's just mm. you know certain things are just uh, certain things are just for my desires, and then yeah. certain things I do for you know publicly. Okay. Yeah. yeah you know. What I saying? say, oh, you create with that intention. Of, I know I'm a. Or I, by the end of it, I'm, this is going to be out. Some things are for consumption and yeah. some things are just for like yep. personal like mm-hmm. satisfaction. Like uh, I'm, a student of, I'm a student of art, so you know, I challenge myself in different places. You know what I mean? I may have like a week where I just want to paint something just to like test my hand back at it. You know, or just see if I still have rhythm there. Or I might do some charcoal or, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like me and my daughter may do like some sculpture stuff and mm-hmm. I might like really find myself into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck around and just make something. Be like, oh, that was cool. You know what I mean? Like, um, because I've always, as a kid, I've been into. I've won so many, I guess, opportunities to, uh, in competitions Mm -hmm. as a youngster. You know what I'm saying? Like, here in the city of Atlanta, like the mayor's tennis tournament and winning, like illustration competitions for boys and girls club, uh, globally. Yeah. Um, Having your stuff featured at the at Hartsville and at, at the High Museum as a kid, like yeah, that's dope. Uh, <clears throat> and because it, you know, um, being from Atlanta, man, it's, it, this is such a special place. Let's just say that. Let's just go ahead and establish that. I mean, I know yeah. a lot of people know it, but Atlanta is a special place because I didn't have the, uh, I didn't grow up with the overseer or the oppressed. Um, uh, propaganda or positioning, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> I did, I still grew up in a level of poverty, you know what I'm saying, just because financially and the way that the city was growing. And you know what? Maybe it wasn't even that. It wasn't that we were poor. It was just the city was like underdeveloped. You know, mm-hmm. maybe a better, maybe a better perspective right there was just underdeveloped. And <clears throat> mom, um. Growing up in an under underdeveloped city, I didn't get a chance to do like a lot of the major city things. Mm-hmm. But is anything that I could do in the city of Atlanta? Man, I did it. Mm. Man, I, I yeah, I've done it. What was some of the you mentioned being in the high museum uh, at a young age? What were some of those first uh, accolades or achievements that kind of confirmed what you was doing and just made you proud of yourself? My mom, man. Mm-hmm. My mom. My mom loving my work. Mm-hmm. That's all that mattered. Do you like it? <laughs> she was like, yes. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. mom was like the person. If my mom liked it, and then what do you, I didn't care about what nobody else said. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew I was sure. Yeah. She was like, you don't even really care what they, nah, did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I was, okay, then, let's go. Like, yeah, we good. Because mm-hmm. they're not going to get it anyway. I mean, I, I mean, listen. Was, was that in the back of your mind at all? Though? Mm-mm. It was just the fact that my mother was a person who challenged me to be creative mm. when everyone else was like, I was wasting my time. So it wasn't really, it was just a process that my mom would 
find your book. She would bring it home and be like, can you draw that? I'm like, let me see. And then I get in there and then I color it up and then it'd be like, does it look like it? She'd be like, it looks just like it. Be like, bet. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I, that was yeah. it. That was the only person that really ever mattered. Because no one else mattered. No one mm-hmm. else, you know what I mean? No one else really gave Yeah, that's it. what I was saying. Yeah. No, they, they wasn't going to get it anyway. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they just, they, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, uh, um, starting there. Mm-hmm. Then I really, and then, you know, after not being able to get the approval from my mom, I really was just like, do I like it? Okay. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the next level. Once yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm set. I know I can ask mom, but I know it's good now. Yeah, you know I, I like it. You know what I'm saying? And so, just anything that I've liked, I would just like dive into it. Like, oh, I like that. Let me try. It. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and then when you start designing commercially, um, you like it, but then you saying, does it work? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Does it work for consumer? Does it work for? Uh, can I actually like replicate it? Can I produce it? Does it have like a story to it? Does it? And I uh, I design how I I compare my designing to someone cooking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to have some really good ingredients. I need a great recipe, and I want to be inspired. So I want when you wear something that I design that it feels like you're uh, experiencing food. Like oh. Uh, Kind of like the way this feel, you know, like yeah, you eat some good food, your, you kind of like the way. Like, yeah. Eggplant lasagna, you know, you find yeah, your yeah, own yeah. style. So it's like, here's my style of that. How do you like it? Yeah. Um, yeah. How, yeah. And how was um, Melrose, Melrose High, how was that formed? Um, and what was the start of that brand? And where is it today? Mm. Uh, yeah. Man, Melrose High, was, it, it, it came to me in a dream, man. It's just like, hey, get up and write this down. Oh, all right. Mm. And I got up, and it was like, uh, I wrote down Faith of Demons. It was like, oh, that's crazy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I was playing with that concept. <clears throat> and I realized that um, I didn't, the, the reason that I was starting with the Faith of Demons, right, is because it was saying, like, you grow up in an environment where you got to do wild shit and still, like, believe in God mm. just to escape. And it was like, okay, then, but what do you escape to? And I was like, shit, where will my dreams be? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's like my graduation to luxury. Melrose High. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's faith, faith of demons. Yeah. Like, when I hear that, I think of, like, well, first I think of, like, people, right? Just people are having being multifaceted and in the world, you know, kind of, you know, journeying through parts of our life that are corrupt to get to somewhere. Mm-hmm. But having the faith of like, I'm doing this because, you know, I believe in God. I believe, regardless, I believe in my family. Whatever you're doing, it's like I'm doing this for a purpose. But you're doing, you're reenacting the actions of the exact thing that you're trying to escape. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Is that like the same? Planet Earth is one of those very unique places in the in the mm-hmm. universe. You know, mm-hmm. when you think about it, it's like, damn, we live on a planet where like anything fucking goes, mm-hmm. and we pretend like we don't, and and you can't really speak on it because like you don't know if you're saying certain things, and it open up opportunities for you to experience the heinous things that you were talking about you never wanted to experience. Mm-hmm. It is a Man, 
listen, I know, I mean, obviously, you know, I ain't been to another planet, but this mm-hmm. planet right here, seeing the shit that I've seen globally, mm-hmm. places that I've been, whoo, mm-hmm. man, it's the dream that I had. I grew up on Frank Street, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Shout out to Frank Street. I grew up on Frank Street, Frank and Ashby, right? And I used to sit outside of my grandmother's house, 960 Frank Street, and I would dream literally of being on other continents and seeing the world. Mm-hmm. And I was relentless at doing so. And the places that I've been and the memories and the experiences that I've had traveling this planet, oh, man, it seems it, it should be free yeah. to go about mm. this motherfucker, man. Like, That's rude. However, I do understand capitalism. That's why I'm in fashion. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if anything, if you take anything from the interview, Get a passport and go see some other places, man. Take your shoes off and put your feet in the sand of other beaches. Man, it is nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, that's that's one of the things um, that I always am a firm believer on. Like traveling and the same concept is like that journey should be free because you have to kind of you find your place first in this life. Like... And experience so many different facets to know that the answer to that question. Um, well, how did that change you traveling the world? How did that change me? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, listen, I mean, um, <clears throat> first off, it lets me know that uh, it, I guess it's like realigned me with being human, you know, because um, every place that I've been to, I've seen people who have less mm-hmm. than what I've had when I thought that I had the least. And it was like, wow, this, okay. But I've seen people with less and they feel so amazing. Yeah. Not like, not in poverty, just with less, you know, like maybe less space in, you know, in your apartment in China or like less, uh, uh, technology when you were on an island, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, the, in the Virgin Islands. You know what I mean? It's like you see people with less and they have, like, a, a different experience with life. And uh, going to Africa and seeing people experience, you know, the people of Egypt. And knowing, like, I, the way that I... People were walking on the highway. Yeah. They had a lane for people to walk on the highway and the highway would let you off on steps. And mm-hmm. it was like... I'm, I, I'm, I guess I'm maybe not, not rambling, but just thinking like, wow, in different places, the rules are different, mm-hmm. more so. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like, why do you just sit and let the rules beat you until you have nothing left? Mm-hmm. Save you some money and go to where, you know, like there are different rules. Find a place that you could like live. I mean, it's a whole planet. Or help redesign wherever it is that you are. If you got a problem, because it's like if you don't go get outside your element, you won't see that the world is designed differently. Like it's every every place, every place ain't the same. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Even on the mental level, not just physical cars. You know what I'm saying? Driving yeah. on the opposite side, but just like a mental, like it had to be in a, a mental awakening for you, you know what I mean? Very mental. I'm mm-hmm. uh, you know, speaking partially different languages in Mexico or in Italy, you know what I'm saying? And uh man, I've inspired so many people around me, you know, mm-hmm. to travel. And I have like my my main man, like he's like my man's like the older brother that you would love to have. His name is Wise. 
Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's always encouraged me to like get up and go. Like, hey, I'm about to go to Dubai next week for Formula One. You want to go? Like, yeah, let's go. Fuck That's it. Deep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hop on the plane, and he's like, no, I'm gonna show you the what hotels to stay and how to move, and and uh, now I'm able to like share that with my daughter and my son and my you know like my wife, and I'm able to like show them like the world. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so it's so beautiful. Those are the things that, though, it's, it's the thing that inspired me to want to be a fashion designer because I got a chance to see the world. And I got a chance to see the world from, you know, like a God-given talent and express myself globally. And I, I, don't, I wouldn't trade this for anything. Yeah. So break, kind of break down a little bit more like Melrose, uh, where it is now for you, like as far as your creative process, just so people kind of understand what it is that you do. Because I, I was on the site and I, I love that idea like you being a principal, you know what I'm saying? It says mm-hmm. designer and educator. Like mm-hmm. break those elements down of the brand and how you, you know, it kind of came from uh, Faith of Demons to where it is now. Mm. All right. Uh, damn, I feel like I, I messed up when I connected Faith of Demons to Melrose in that comment. <laughs> it's all right. You know what I'm saying? No, you, ain't fuck up. you, yeah. talk, you were just going through your yeah. mental no, process. No, I was actually, yeah, I was just, I was explaining how I got there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because it's like, uh, it's, it's the graduation to luxury. It's, mm-hmm. it's my opportunity to design with the best fabrics that I've mm-hmm. had access to, to, you know, like, uh, if any, I mean, if anyone knows, it's like these zippers, they're called Riri zippers. And mm-hmm. they're super expensive, but they're like, they zip like, uh, maybe like champagne or some shit like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the quality, yeah, yeah, the quality, yeah, the quality, the quality is there. And you know, imagine trying to put a re-re zipper on, uh, you know, a very like cheap fabric. Mm. It's not the same. It's like I want, I want the fabric. I want the zippers. I want the, I want you to put on product from Melrose High, and you go into an event and you win. Whatever category it is, it's like, oh, this nigga had the illest pants on that night. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the, that was the shit. Like, do you remember that dude with those pants on? He won. Those should be Melrose High pants. It's like, uh, whatever we're designing, I'm designing for the guy who's going out and he wants to win. Hmm. In the, like, oh, I had, him, I had it on tonight. You know what I mean? Like, because that's how I, that's, that's my, that's my guy. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people have their own thing. It's like it's like uh, uh, what's the jeweler that uh, does jewelry for free bands? Uh, Ab- uh, Avian. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. When he designs their work, it's mm-hmm. so that when they put their jewelry on, oh, they won. They like, yo, did you see that shit that brothers on? Like, oh, that necklace or that chain or that. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. So I don't really want to design for like just the. Oh, it was just cool, you know what I mean? Mm. Had some cool shit on, like, yeah, nope. Mm-mm. I don't know if I want that anymore. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's enough stuff out there you can just throw on and be like, have a look on. Right. Let's get back to winning. I want you to be like, yeah, I had on some slick shit, but bro, like, man, you know, the next look that starts the trend. Mm. It's got to be that, you know what I mean? So I am designing with fire, man. I'm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pouring gasoline on my hands and, yeah. like, and I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, so where we are right now, we're entering into spring, uh, summer, and my wife had took us out to Tulum a couple years back, and man, I I fell in love with Tulum. Just the people, the uh, the sand, the air, 
Uh, it was still underdeveloped. So, you know what I mean? That was in my wheelhouse. Like, that's how I live. I like to be in a place that's still a little bit on the cusp of coming up. Um, and I illustrated so many days while I was out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, from the rainforest to, like, the beach. Just picked up a lot of things. And I have this uh, capsule. It's called Return to Tulum. And mm-hmm. it's just inspired by my experience out there again. Mm-hmm. Um and then we're going to move into our, uh, our fall capsule, fall 2022. And it's inspired by Jekyll Island. You know about mm-hmm. Jekyll Island? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Jekyll yeah. Island is a, is a coastal island here in Georgia. Nice. And, um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a part of the St. Simons Islands. And it's just, it, Jekyll Island has always had a direct relation to, like, getting money. You know what I mean? When I was mm. a kid, like, you know what I mean? The players would pop out to Jekyll Island for the weekend or whatever, so... <laughs> Uh, that's those are the things that inspired me. That made you know you felt like you were rich because it wasn't like it wasn't like the players were like uh, just all like street hustlers. It was like businessmen and everybody. You know what I mean? Like they all uh, they all would end up out there, and you would be mixing and mingling with like. And I say players, I mean like like minded individuals who get money, but then also like think and live a certain level of life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Anytime my mom would go, it would always be like, uh, it would always, she would always talk, she had like a great time, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, I've been looking for things down south that mm-hmm. I could develop, because, uh, you know, I'm from Atlanta, so Melrose High is a southern brand. And uh, I want to think of the things that, that I've experienced in my region that I could be able to talk about on a, you know, a national stage, more so a global stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, bringing light to uh, to our city and our culture, and what it means luxury to me. Exactly, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people don't think of the South and luxury, but it's like it's it's here. You know what I'm saying? And we can create it too. It's not. We just gotta we gotta be mindful. Like how are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. finding places that represent and explaining, elaborating what luxury is to us. You to know us, what I'm yeah. yeah, yeah. And that idea of like. How I'm seeing it, and I could be right or wrong, but I'm saying it's like, I really, as a designer, you're like, I don't really want you to wear them until you graduate. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You winning, you graduated, you 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 can represent Melrose High now. Yep. You know what I mean? That's what I was um, getting from. And I, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's necessary in the realm because, um, yeah, and I, I feel like Atlanta... You know, when when it does come to luxury and that in fashion was a market or demand that wasn't wasn't there. You know, originally, um, at least the world didn't see. At least it was no demand for for. Oh no, they've been saying it. They've been saying they've been saying it. They've been saying it a lot longer than what they're leading on to. You Uh know, and um, when I had the opportunity to um, be creative over at Magic City, you know, Magic City Strip Club, I then understood. That from 1985, like, Mr. Magic and the whole Magic City team have been developing a, a footprint, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you started to hear the stories, like, oh, y'all been, oh, they've been coming out here. You know, like, uh, when uh, I was talking to Dapper Dan, Dapper Dan was like, man, when I had to go underground, I used to come to Atlanta and pull up in the parking lot of Magic City mm-hmm. and talk to my customers. Oh, wait, so... The, Mm, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, y'all been knowing about us. And it's more so been a 
like what I just said for Jekyll Island for y'all, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, yeah, no. Okay, yeah. And then it was like, that's how Atlanta was. Atlanta was for the players. If you yeah, from, mm-hmm. you know, the players from your city would come out to Atlanta and they'll link up and they'll build and they'll build. And then we started, you know, being musically inclined and, you know, politically inclined. And, uh, and you've seen the city uh, flourish. But we have this... Because uh, it's going to sound like... It's gonna sound like hate, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not full, but I do like the you know I got the satire of the we full shirt, but we're not full. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we need ten million more like-minded black individuals, men, women, children, scientists. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, cryptocurrency change mm-hmm. exchangers, uh, fashion. Uh, Anyone who feel like they need a platform where they could uh, monetize this culture out here. It's like we got a big pot of culture mm-hmm. and we're we're not all eating off of it. We got a big pot of culture. It's so fucking big out here that no one can eat all of it and no one can hold all of it. And other people are just not coming out here like putting their spin on it. Yeah. And I and I would love to see more. I would love to see more people come out from other places and keep building Atlanta. Because if they don't, um, simply mm. by the numbers and corporations moving here, Google, Microsoft, uh, just to name a few, which I hate I named them. Like, um, uh, but they're they're moving their offices here, and they're yeah. gonna attract. You know, uh, a demographic that that's not uh, in the same uh, spectrum as no, they're gonna attract non non black people. Let's <laughs> just keep it a buck, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna attract non black people, and you know, uh, unless they put out of initiative to be able to bring more black people in, because what it does is it gives <clears throat> if engineers and doctors and scientists moved to Atlanta, right? I'm talking about the city of Atlanta, not the Oscars, but the city of Atlanta, right? Then those people would feel more inclined to send their kids to uh, Morehouse and Spelman and Clark, which then allows them to produce more of the same caliber, doctors, lawyers, you know, engineers, uh, capitalists, in all those perspectives. And then it then builds the music community. It builds the financial community, and then it builds the neighborhood again, and then it keeps us in political office to continue to run one of the biggest airports in the world and, you know, have two of the largest sports franchises here where, you know, like my brother Killer Mike can have a barbershop in the arena and be from the town, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and not be frowned upon and not have to dance, you know, to, like, make someone respect him as a businessman, like, so... Uh, I'm saying that to say, like, please, uh, maybe uh, we were full, but they built, like, a half a million new units in the city. Please come to Atlanta. Let's build something bigger. Yeah. When they say that we could have Wakanda, like, this is definitely, like, this is very close to what that would look like in the United States. So we could be a, like, satellite Wakanda, you know what I mean, some shit. Yeah, let me ask you a question, too, on, you know, I think that... uh Remember we had that, uh, you know, Elena had a panel uh, back what we, what we spoke about earlier, about 2012, 2020. Yeah, for sure. Um, and in, that, in those conversations, there was so many conversations. Just to speak on one, you know, being um, 
uh, company of luxury, a perspective of fashion, and knowing the different, the, the so many on the ground brands in this, in in Atlanta, so many different perspectives that are sharing the story of Atlanta through their companies, through their lens. Do you think that um, the stores out here have a responsibility to to buy those brands and to in order for those stories to be shared, in order for, to establish some type of um, you know industry or a fashion in Atlanta? to validate the those presence of those brands and the quality of those brands. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a good question. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you know the answer. Uh however, should they buy the brands? Mm-hmm. If they bought the brands, what would that change? I would let's see, I think that they bought the our us our brands. Yeah. Um it may I think it will it will make uh, people, whether it's kids or business owners out here that have fashion brands, um, have some type of system to to make their brand make sense in their city. And when I say make sense, be uh, monetized and mm-hmm. actually invest into themselves and have true stock lists that can that can create these opportunities for them to have put on fashion shows for these stores to then come and watch, to then come and buy, to create. Uh, presence of fashion in the city, like what was for the spring summer. Look what Melrose mm. High did. Look what God is Dope did. Look what okay, so, Assist did. All right, so mm-hmm. look, so I just wanted to better understand the parameters where you were asking me. Yes, mm-hmm. then they should, because what you've done is shown like a cycle. However, mm-hmm. supply chain, It'd be a supply for, chain in the city. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Supply chain. Right, you know what I'm saying? Um, interesting, interesting. You know what? Um, I I will. Um, Fuck it, man. I want to share it with you because I don't know if I'll do anything with it. Yeah. You need to put on a trade show. Yeah. You should put on a trade show and invite the stores and then give the stores an opportunity to uh, to then see how you organize and meet them where they normally, like, buy it. Mm-hmm. Which know? is a trade show. Which is a trade show. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And because a lot of the brands don't have the money to get to the trade show, right, um, it's... I think it's something else that needs to be fixed before we get to like holding the stores accountable. Because I was, I was on that in, at that time. And then having the opportunity to talk to a lot of store owners, I found out even through my own experience, sometimes you don't deliver. Sometimes your shit don't sell. Sometimes mm-hmm. you think that you're hotter than you are and you're not that hot. Because the people who are hot are selling and they ain't complaining about what the store is doing or not doing. And it's a balance to that too, though, because there's some stuff in some of these stores that's that's just trash. No, I that's not what I'm saying. The mm. stuff that's in the stores, the people have put their campaign on, and the stores have picked them up. Okay. And if you hot, the store gonna pick you up. And if they don't, if you hot, it don't matter if they pick you up or not, because you hot, you selling it. Period. Mm-hmm. Not being in the stores is that is that determining your sales of your wisdom frames? Yeah, no, it doesn't. Oh, okay, then, it, like, yeah. It could change. I think it, it could elevate the experience. It could be another stream, I guess, for... I'm saying to you, when yeah. you hot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember when the, in music, they went, like, they was booing outcasts? Yeah. And niggas was just hot, though. Yeah. Whatever, you know what I mean? Like, the the one thing that I definitely wanted to share is, like, man... You can't get discouraged by the booze and you can't get hype from the claps. Yeah, you got to stay yeah. neutral. 
You gotta stay neutral, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or you know what I'm saying? Or if you built for either one, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. DMX was built for that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 that's real. You know what I mean? But um, uh, I'm saying though, like, get hot. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Just get hot. Like that's what that's what that's what I keep trying to share with everybody. Fuck what they ain't doing. We don't care about what they doing or what they not doing. That's not how Atlanta was built. Worrying mm-hmm. about what somebody else was doing for you, even if they ain't in your own neighborhood, it doesn't matter. Get yeah. hot. And once you get hot, then it doesn't still don't matter because now you hot. But you if you ain't hot and you asking and you looking for somebody to do something for you, you probably should be looking in the mirror like, man, I just got to fucking get hot, man. Mm-hmm. I got to get hot. Like, I don't got I got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I figured it out. I think, yeah, I think. Let's say you know. I think that's that's perspective. I think I, I live off of it. Is like, you know, that's if if it if I don't do it, then who's gonna do it? And then there's no need to ever complain in those fields of like, hey, no one's doing this, so I'm stuck. You know, I think it's like no. no listen, if you notice a, yeah. if you notice something that's a major infraction, then you mm-hmm. gotta speak on it. Like I'm mm-hmm. not saying like, oh, they should be doing. You know, like, they're doing a great job. I didn't say that at all. I just mm-hmm. said, like, let's not worry about that because we've been beating that mm-hmm. horse. Like, we're in 2022 talking about the same topic from 2020, and mm-hmm. they still haven't met us where you think they should meet us. Yeah. Mm, let's just make an assumption and just say, that's not what they're going to do. Yeah. So yeah. let's go figure something else out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's not keep, like, every year still, like, waiting at their chambers waiting for them to say, hey, we finally want to let you in. Yeah, because what does it matter at that point, you know? I think that... What does it ever matter? That's what exactly. you got started. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. it didn't ma- if it don't matter then, then it don't matter yeah. now. And yeah. what matters is getting hot and selling your shit. And as long as you're doing that, man, I don't think no one else is going to complain. Because then you can look at yourself and them and say, listen, you did no wrong. Because you weren't going to do it in the first place. Yeah. Because if you was, you would have already done it. You would have built your model to do that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that what you said, um, being from Atlanta uh, and having that energy of like, I'm going to just make it happen, you know, and no matter what's presented to you, um, you, you, you go ahead and figure it out. You go ahead and make yourself hot, like you said. It's <laughs> yeah. like you figure it out. That, that battery, that, that uh, feeling gets you going because um, it's, it kind of comes from the idea of, I'm starting from zero at this point, so if, but not zero because I'm full. I have everything I need. I just have to apply myself and actually show and prove. Like, look, this is what I'm actually capable of doing. You know, in when my back is on the wall, when I'm when I've been presented as a young man with like no opportunity, and it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna just make my opportunity then, because whatever way I'm seeing it, um, if I choose to say hey, it's no opportunity, let me do what everyone else is doing. And hit that wall like I just don't want to do what everyone else is doing. So what am I gonna do? Do exactly what you know you always had within you in the first place. Yeah, man. Um, Cause that that right there was the heartbeat of how I started. You know, having very little validation around me to say you're actually good at this. Besides, likewise with my mom, mm-hmm. and then trusting myself was the main thing. So I used that to get me everywhere. I was like, I know I can do it, and. All the doubts, all the ideas, or teachers that say, "Like, see, if you don't tighten up, you're gonna be dropped out. You're gonna be in jail. You're gonna." It's like those gave you batteries to say, "You don't even know who I am. You don't even know what I'm capable of. You don't know what I was taught. You don't know. You know I don't know." 
And now, but I feel it, and I'm able to pull it out and say, all right, let me figure out how this perspective. And my first experience of that feeling was life-changing. It was David Banner at Reading High School, mm-hmm. and him and me just, him saying, hey, answer this question in front of the whole entire school, and instead saying, hey, I got a shirt for you. Can you put it on? And him going ahead and grabbing the shirt and putting it on, and seeing as a young kid, your teachers that doubted you mm. to the T now switch and say, Latif, you're, that's amazing. Like, I'm proud of you. Or not even that. It was just such a, it wasn't even, I'm proud of you. I see your change. I see your growth. It was, it was just a complete three, 180. Oh, um, Latif, that is such an ego thing, man. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the whole deal is them believing in you or doubting you had nothing to do with what you were going to do with that shirt. Yeah. Because you were determined to get that shirt on the celebrity. Yeah. David Banner came, perfect opportunity. You're, you're, it, wasn't, it wasn't like, yo, my people was pushing me, they was calling me, they was telling me. Mm-hmm. No, it was you. You were just determined. So those teachers did their part. Yeah. Maybe you needed what they were offering at that time mm-hmm. to, uh, to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta, I mean, God is a recipe. It's yeah. not like a. It's not a one-off thing, you know, it's not a, you know, um, if, if people truly believe that God is in everything, then it's like a recipe, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, it's in everything, it's in everything that we do. So no positive or negative thing is necessarily happening, it's just a perspective of how you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. And if you see it, which is a very, like, difficult thing to do, like, I ain't yeah. trying to say, like, I, I got my shit all the way mastered, but mm-hmm. when you see it for what it really is, in hindsight, you're like, oh, wow, I survived that. I made it through that. I started with this thing. Mm-hmm. And because I had doubters, it probably made you believe in it more. Mm-hmm. You just don't You just don't necessarily know. There's no right or wrong answer to it. Yeah. You can't penalize them for doing what they were supposed to do yeah. in the scope of it. It's just that David Banner did what he would. David, David Banner did exactly what you wanted him to do in that situation. And what it did was it gave you a reassurance of confidence. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with those teachers. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that the, the ever was doubted on the level of, of the, my artistic direction or the brand. Or I was doubted as an individual because of being suspended a lot, because of being um, me how I responded to those feelings of feeling like I didn't have outlets to be creative. So let me disrupt. You know, let me make my friends laugh. Let me be disruptive in some way because I don't feel... Ooh, so, you know, look, so, 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 so then t- tell the people what you would do different now. Yeah, so in that realm, you know, I think I wouldn't... I have no regrets, so I don't think I would... Wow, so you do. think your behavior was conducive to who you are now? Mm-hmm. I think that... I think I needed to see that as discipline for myself. You know, I think those being... That's wild interest. That's interesting, man. Being... Um, being a that's interesting. Why you say it's interesting? Yeah, I mean, because he's saying like the way that he acted was like was cool, so yeah. that to become the person that he is. No, no, it's and yeah, I guess you can. I, this is what I'm saying. That's what like, I'm saying. Like that's yeah. ingredients. Yeah. So in those realms, it I, it depends on what your idea of cool is. Like you know, I don't think it was cool in the realm of hey, go go do this. You know what I'm saying? It was. More so what I no, need no, to listen, change. No, no, listen, listen. I subscribe to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I do because, like, I mean, look at you. 
Like, you're in this space. Mm-hmm. And shit, maybe you did need that. And the teachers had to do the part that they had to do to make you, like, mm-hmm. uncomfortable so that you could so grow. So I could grow and, yeah. and find my discipline because I think that... My older teachers some apologies. But. <laughs> maybe they owe me an apology. Maybe I owe them an apology. I don't know. See, you know? he's still on it. Yeah. But I, think, I think it's a balance. I don't, yeah. think neither, I don't think neither party owes an apology because... I mean, neither. I think, I think sometimes when you're educated, you may not fully understand because you're trying to stick to a curriculum or a guideline mm-hmm. or your superiors you may not understand how to nurture or teach a student mm-hmm. who is not supposed to be here you know what I'm saying or who is not who has not learned how you're how you're how trying, you're to, trying teach to teach them. you feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying like yeah oh man listen y'all got kids no. no. Oh man, I can't wait. See, that, that's yeah. the perspective. <laughs> Bring me come- back when y'all got kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the perspective you coming from as a father, and I can respect that because you're like you see it different now, um, and it's not me. It's not you know I'm sitting in. Oh no, I'm I'm not shoes anymore. No, know? it's just that I'm saying your mm-hmm. per- y'all perspectives are like uh, grounded in. Only your perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just what y'all subscribing yeah. to. But, but it's no, not even, not even, yeah, not even, not from what I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, I see both sides, bro. Like yeah. I understand a teacher trying doing their best to to teach all kids. You know what I'm yeah. saying, or whatever it is. But that doesn't mean that there's still that there's still not an opportunity for growth in their perspective too. Yeah. Like I think it's both sides. Like he could have been a better student, mm-hmm. but also the teacher. There's an opportunity for the teacher to be a better teacher. The same way, even when even when you think about, uh, oh, let's get into it. Kids and kids and kids and uh, parents. It's like it, when a kid grow up, they always gonna growing up. They always gonna have criticism for the parent. But once yeah. they get older, they like, damn, I actually see Needed what them. they were going mm-hmm. through and what they, you know what I mean. And then the parent can look back and be like, yeah, I mean, I probably ain't do everything I could have did, but. With the resources I had, I did the best. And look how you turn. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's. I think it's. Perspective both on both sides because it's also like in the past, you know, we from that Latif have changed dramatically. You know what I'm saying? I'm always reflect back and think of that self. Like, why was I disrupted? And, and finding out is because I didn't have those realms, but that doesn't validate it. It's just what I did as a child having having no outlet to create. And so what I did was create that idea. Like, okay, I've been doubted so long, and it pushed me to to blossom. And then I had to reflect and say, what, what what did I blossom into? And then blossom some more. You know, it's just life is intricate and beautiful in that way where it's no wrong or right. So I think that um, it was, you know, teachers maybe have not been paid how they wanted to. And reading, I know for a fact, we just, the teachers get out. It wasn't, hey, what is going on, Latte? What are you What are you asking for? What do you need? Get out of here, man. Like, you're going to be in jail in a few months. Keep doing this. And it's like, I guess I am then. You know, you get you get angry, you get insecure, you get egoic, you get like, well, put me in jail then. And it's an institution. And so that, that plays with your mind, and you have to figure out how to now wiggle out of that or use that to propel you to wiggle out of it. It's, it's challenging, especially when... Extremely challenging. It's, it's hard. It, it makes you... It's, it, it makes you all those things, you know what I'm saying, now carry the weight of, oh, you doubted me. You know, that's not right to point and say you doubted me. But that's all he, he had, you know, to, to, to validate himself because he wasn't getting it. And so in those growth, in that growth, going back to my school, doing career day and being able to say, wow, I see what I was. I see what's going on. But then being denied the opportunity to, you know, 
to be out of do the career day that that I was recommended to do by friends or students or things like that. And like, why not? You know what? Why can't I do career day this year? Why? You know, am I a Redan alumni? Am I these things? Um, can I tell the story now? Am I validated in that space still? Like, or and then seeing in those hallways the same thing recycling. I'm like, wow, the things change. How do I now help? things changed for my high school and where my area I was growing I was raised in that I learned. Um, do I have the proper resources to change that now? It's not even, and then on top of that, who do I think I am? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To become this voice to change anything. It's like, it's so many layers to it. And um, and I, I agree, like it's it's no right or wrong on either, either side. It's like, it's kind of just what you become because of your circumstances. And then it's, it becomes chapter one in the grand scheme of life. And you have to reflect back. And, and so being in that realm of a father or, or seeing, like, oh, I have kids now, I've, I haven't raised anyone in that way. <laughs> can even jump and say I, I attempted. I, I was a stepfather. I had that experience for two years of my life. Mm -hmm. And it changed me dramatically, but it changed me. And it made me a better person. It made me learn a few things, but I was no... To me, I was like, I'm still not the father. You know, I don't, that sure. is a different place. That responsibility, that idea, that nurturing, that change in your heart, mind, and soul is like, oh, this is, have I got that? No. But oh, I, man. yeah, it's, I think that is what you're speaking to more so. Like, no, I wouldn't. Oh, <clears throat> no, no. Cause I was saying you guys have forgotten that y'all are kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You're still the kid, man. Mm -hmm. You're still the kid. Like, um, yeah, that's where we are. You know, like, because adults are just kids that grew up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at some point, people, like, started to slip away from the concept of, like, oh, shit. You're still that. I'm still the kid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, mm -hmm. and it becomes more and more difficult because life will push you up against um, what, it's, what it wants out of you. And you're like, you need to grow up. You need to be mm -hmm. an adult. You need to da-da-da. You need to da-da-da. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, but you're still a kid, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I just, I mm -hmm. I grew up. Mm -hmm. And um, I was saying that to say, like, you forgot that, you know, like, you're still a kid. Because it's like, when you get to the school, you're like, I want to change what I'm seeing. It's mm -hmm. like, yes. But you remember, you remember when they tried to change what you were seeing. You said no, yeah. and now you're here saying the same thing that they said. Mm -hmm. It's like it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. They change you change based on what you follow. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Break it down a little yeah, more. Break that down. Change no, you change what you follow. What you follow. Mm -hmm. Like if you follow the trend, if you follow this lifestyle, if you you know like you grow older, you're like oh shit. I'm gonna follow the vegan lifestyle. Mm. You follow the lifestyle, and then you. If the more mm. that you get involved in what you're following, the more you adjust who you are to that. Mm. That's it. It's like you just have to give them better examples to follow. Because going mm. in trying to like abruptly stop the motion mm. and say, "Let me fix all these things," by the time you start it back up, it's already out of place again. Mm. But if you're moving with motion and you're following the person, it's like, oh, Lati, with the radar, I'm gonna follow him. It's kind of this is why social media at its core works. Because mm -hmm. you're following the person to see what they're doing, right? Yeah. And 
It's like you. It's like, I want to follow the fashion designers and I'm going to follow them and I'm going to see what they're doing and they're going to invite me to the trade shows and to fashion week. And, you know, like, then you're going to get invited to some da-da-da. And you're mm-hmm. following the things that are available because it's already a path laid for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's So it's like, if you want to help, then create a better path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't... Don't necessarily criticize the path that Don't was Don't criticize for you. the path of their own because you mm-hmm. can clearly see that it didn't work. Because now you're like, oh, those teachers owed me an apology because they doubted me. It was like, no, no they no, just no didn't apology. see your path. They couldn't. Yeah. They didn't know where it was. Yeah, they ain't never, they ain't never followed that path, so how could they? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> what are you constructing? What are you trying to show us? That's your challenge. That's no, it was the, like, no, I'm following the path of a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? The teacher's path is this. And if I find yeah. a great one that knows how to, I could learn things from them, then I could pass that down to teachers. Yeah. Not necessarily passing it to students. I could pass students educational components, but for other teachers, you could be like, man, that teacher was some bullshit. And mm-hmm. other teachers would be like, she was amazing because da 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 and da da da. And I learned so much from her. And it helped me make my career. And now I'm a principal. Mm-hmm. And then someone who saw that, print, that person go from, a college student to a teacher to a principal is like, oh, I could follow that mm-hmm. path. Yeah. 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 And I think that that, I think that's an amazing, you know, analogy or the, yeah, that's amazing analogy. Because we're still kids, that, though. Yeah. And that's the crazy part because I had, I had those people in high school that my principal was that principal. I was like, I'm going to, I wore your hoodie, Latif. I want you to stay in my school. I'm okay with that. Or, my administrator, like, I was in her office religiously. It had started to say, no, I like what he's doing now. He's changed dramatically the trajectory of like who he's becoming because of this thing he loves now. So uh, I want him to do that because he's, he's changed. He's, he's added something that I'm... Heart. Yeah, they're starting to see it. It was like, I see it now. And so I had a little bit of both. You know, I had, I had a little bit of both. And I can see like those people that have like I had so much faith or grounding from a lady named Miss Boger because she wouldn't play with me <laughs> she was like, like any excuse I don't care you go home <laughs> and I think she did that because she knew I knew better um, and then so when I showed better she was like alright mm. now what's next I knew you can what do that what if she just knew how to handle you yeah, well, that too. <laughs> She's a professional. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I know how to handle this nigga. Like, no, yeah. uh-uh, I'm, I'm not going to play with you. I'm yeah. going to put a stop right there. Hard stop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's like, what? No, nah, hard stop. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, damn, okay, I respect that. I know you do because I know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm a teacher. This is what I do. Yeah. Yeah, and she's a professional. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's, yeah. so cra- that's what I'm trying to tell yeah, you. Yeah, like someone was like, "Yo, listen, can you do this in your lane?" You're like, hell yeah, I'm mm-hmm. a professional. I get paid to do this. Yeah, you're like, oh wow, they gave you a job to do it. Like, yeah. So why the fuck would you not listen to me? I don't know mm-hmm. because shit, I don't understand how jobs work. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the word professional means. Yeah, I'm a professional teacher, son. Yeah, I have gone to school, studied. I'm here, and they pay me to be here. Why the fuck wouldn't you listen to what I had to say? Yeah, Unless I'm right. saying something that you can debunk. And if you can't debunk it, shut up. Let me get them get some game. Were you a teacher, bro? Huh? Were you a teacher? I'm an educator. Okay, you're educator. Yeah. 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 I asked you about it, you ain't talking about it. So that's oh, why I'm no, bringing oh, it up. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I, man, when I was young, man, 
Shania. That's I, what I used to run Boys and Girls Club, like art department. Okay. I was like 16, I think. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then I came mm. to professional. Like, we skipped all of that. That's the, okay. Yeah, because yeah. you, know yeah, you left off on the uh, talking about Boys and Girls Club. So yeah. from there, from going through the system, you end up teaching. Teaching. Through. You know what I'm wow. saying? And I started okay. to understand like the dynamic of like kids. Like, you know, mm-hmm. being bad or being good or like mm-hmm. not being able to express yourself. Well, what is bad and good though? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, no, no, I think no. it lies what you just mentioned, like being mm-hmm. able to express yourself. Yeah, being able to express yourself. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because I found some kids who were just like, nah, I'm just be trying to like, can't get my thoughts out. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I see where you're at. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm a very patient listening person. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm still a kid though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to mm-hmm. the core. You know what I mean? I'm still like, I'm still with the bullshit. But, <laughs> You very aware of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you want to pour some paint on the ground? Let's see what happens. You know, yeah. like stepping mm-hmm. in your shoes. Do you make a mark? Like, oh, your mom gonna be mad because you. Those are. Yeah. She gonna be mad at me yeah. too. Yeah, she gonna be mad at me too. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I mean? Like, I got some money, so let's just buy some new shoes. Don't That's real. <laughs> I'm the big kid with the money. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. the whole deal mm-hmm. is like, I want you to know how to, what it's like to experience. I think, I think that's like mm-hmm. what museums do for you. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, it's like, imagine someone is like, you got like some bullshit paintings at the house. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you don't even know that you like paintings. You don't even know you like art because at your house, you don't really like, you don't have it. But you go to the museum, you're like, oh my God, somebody did this with their hands. Mm-hmm. They just saw this in their head and they did this. Yeah. Oh wow, this is crazy. Um, I want to see more of this because you never knew that you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, fine dining. That's like, deep. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I have friends that like over mm-hmm. the years have been like, dude, I've never ate this fruit before yeah. or I've mm-hmm. never had like this fish prepared this way. Or And it's like when you have an opportunity to share with the next generation, you share with them things that will like explore their you know mental capacity. It's like, oh, shit, I've never been to a nice restaurant. And it's not just like, oh, we went in and spent the money. It was like the way that the food is prepared. Man, you're speaking something deep right now. Because yeah. it's, it's like until I like really got in the design, mm-hmm. I didn't understand how to appreciate certain things. Like I could go spend some bread at a restaurant. Blah, blah, blah. But to appreciate yeah. the yeah. ambiance of it, the element, yeah. to appreciate. I understand now yeah. why, you know, that little sip of cognac costs that, even though it's the same price as the mm-hmm. bottle. It's you know what I mean? I understand because yeah. you created this environment yeah. for me to partake of this. With this, Art. you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, I definitely you speaking values right yeah. now. Yeah, it's like deep. it's like going to a neighborhood bar and getting maybe your favorite, I don't know, drink, mm-hmm. whiskey, orange juice. But then you go to the red telephone booth and get a the blood in the sand whiskey with orange juice, and you're like, it's just it, it's a different taste. It's a different experience. They welcome you. They, mm-hmm. they sit you somewhere. It smells in the air. Um, there's a static there that changes your your narrative. It says you can't come in unless you got pants on. You know, it's a different meet me here. It's a different. This is what we're trying to the lifestyle we're going to learn. You know, and going towards. If you and so back to the following thing. It was your first time experiencing it like that. Well, with the red door experience. Um, no, I wouldn't say first time, but just relating those two, I'm saying. But what I'm saying is like that was a that was a new, refreshing experience. Yeah, <clears throat> that's how you know that you're still a kid. Yeah, because it's things that you're still experiencing yeah. for the Ooh. first time, and you're that's like, deep. and it make mm-hmm. it gives you that same feeling like, oh, that was nice. Like yeah. I really enjoyed that. That's how you know. And, let me ask you something. I'm sorry to cut you off, but is it, with that, is it are you saying mm-hmm. too? It's like your willingness to experience it too. Because kids are. 
Kids are normally mm. never very hesitant. They're mm. normally not hesitant if you have an open, you know, like experience mm. policy. They're normally like, uh, let me try. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially babies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you see a baby and you know it's some stuff that they can pour out on the floor. They're going to pour it out on the floor. They want to see what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, let me see. If I turn this, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. shit, there's a lot of it. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're still going. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you scold them, mm-hmm. they're like, I don't want to turn over another cup. Mm-hmm. If you support them there by saying, you turned it over, then let's pick it up. And you put it back. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay. If I make a mess, I could clean it up. Yeah. But I'm not afraid to like make a mess. Yeah. I'm not afraid to touch the paint on the wall. I'm not afraid because it's like you never know. How the fuck do you think like the guy who's painted this? At some point you realize that people paint on walls. Mm. But when kids paint on walls, it's like, oh my God, mm. you just ruined the wall. You're like, did I? That's perspective. Yeah. Did I ruin the wall? That's the, like, yeah. That's a plan. It's, a, it's like mm. it's really like what are you mm. really telling the kid through your mm. actions? Like uh, no, like every place should have a little can of white paint if you got white walls. Like, come on, mm-hmm. man, where your white, where your can of white paint? They just touch the wall. Let me paint it over. They dry tomorrow. Yeah, it's paint. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I'm a firm believer, and I'm still a kid, you know, and uh, and also with adults. I think we're all still kids, and I think that narrative right there is always like a lot. A lot of what we are taught in our and sometimes in our upbringings is don't do this, don't do that, and discipline in the wrong forms that make us scared to tip that cup over again or say, I'm going to tip it over worse this time. You know, like a child can gain either perspective because of defiance, because of rebellion, because of sense of self do that, like, you know, and and then becomes challenging because they enter the real world as still that. And they're like, I'm still going to be defiant. I'm still going to do what I want. And when I do what I want, it's going to, you have to know it's repercussions for the levels of what you're doing. And, I mean, that's just, that's just being a kid. Like, yeah. it's no different. If you get two out of a line as an adult, they're still going to punish you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just the same philosophy. It's like, no, nah, just be mindful of how you're moving. And if you're if you okay with, like, how, what the repercussions are, mm-hmm. who's to stop you? This is the planet Earth. I'm telling yeah. you, anything goes. Anything like, goes, yeah. yeah. You see what we're currently experiencing globally. Mm-hmm. People, it's, it's so much things going on. It's just like, oh, wow. And if you don't get out here and push up against it, I mean, you know, you can get called home and you never did nothing. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Like, yeah. So you got, that's yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's you still got to like experience it. Because at some point, you're like, Shh, damn, they left out of here really early, man. They never got a chance to, like, do nothing. And it's like, so that's why I was de- explaining to you, like, mm-hmm. no, your rebellion was like you just living. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was just you living life because you don't know when your time is up. Yeah. You don't, man. So you just got to do it. You got to go, yeah. bro. That's it. Go. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know how long you're going to be here. So you got to be, so you got to like have a sprint mentality mm-hmm. and a marathon like lifestyle. Yeah. Sprint mentality, marathon lifestyle. Yeah. Some yeah. shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can tap into that sprint energy when you need to, but you know you gotta keep pacing. Yeah, sometimes you gotta get yeah. your shit done. Yeah. Like, oh, that's man. what I, that's yeah. what I was, I was talking to him about this before, like AMG mode. That's how I kind of mm-hmm. put it. It's uh, like having that ability to know you can crank it up and yeah. go when you need to. Yeah, but you probably ain't in AMG mode all the time. Sometimes yeah. you need to just cruise. Yeah, sometimes it's just like now nah, they enjoy the fucking like. Yeah, man, listen, 
enjoy the pyramid, seeing the pyramids, because that's what I did. Oh, mm. Just like, oh man. Yeah. How was that? Because I heard it was like right by a city. It is. It is. Yeah. You can't see the pyramid. It, you know, like it's so crazy because it's not something that I can really explain. But you can't see the pyramids totally, like mm. with both eyes, like. Yeah. You know, uh, I where you're saying where it's only the pyramids, something else gonna be in your hindsight. That's what you're saying. Yeah. That sucks. It's like, it's doesn't like, it? No, it no, it's, no, because it's just mm. in awe because it's just like stones and it's just like mm. it's puzzling <laughs> to mm. see mm. the magnitude of it. And you've only seen other, you've only seen buildings, you've only seen things that have yeah. been constructed yeah. to. To that, but when you see the pyramids, you see the magnitude. You touch the stones. The stones are as big as that brown box right there. Each stone, damn. Yeah. And you're like, and they're so high that it's just like if you stand, like, it's no way to see anything. Like, yeah, totally I see what you mean. The it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a reason it's a oh, wonder of the world. Yeah, yeah, huge. they yeah. block the sky. You're just looking what? up, and you're just like, you. I mean, listen, you're a, you're a peon. Yeah. Yeah. In comparison to the, yeah. to the height of the museum, because then you think about the height, then you think about the time too. Though, like yeah. I rode mm-hmm. a camel That's around crazy. the pyramids, mm. yeah. and it was a good, decent ride around the pyramid. pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't like a short ride. It, wasn't it was like, like you was running a no, mile. Like, like, yeah. like, damn. Like we rode it for a minute. I think it might be a you know a purpose of why they were probably sat there and lasted that long for humans to look at and in awe. Realizing where their place is in the universe, or in the, as a human, like this is what time, man. this is it. This is what you're looking at is what you are. <laughs> you know, like you know, that's an art piece in itself. And they could have been for something totally different, but now they're still standing for maybe another reason. You know, it hasn't it hasn't fallen over. And so, like this is things I can't wait to see. That's a that, that I like that mentality of you're still a kid um, to to be shared. Yeah, because. Mm-hmm. Um, that fuels a lot of things. Just the things I do as a black kid on the spaceship concept, like mm-hmm. this, that feeling. You know, I learned. That's what I like about your brand. Yeah, yeah. I learned the how they designed, uh, why they created Nickelodeon. Is be is like it came from the element of trying to figure out new programs on TV, new ideas, and them saying a little niece coming to the table to their aunts, their older aunts, grandmas, and hey, can you help me fly my kite? And they're like. Um, not right now. Seeing the kid walk away sad was like, how do kids experience life? What are they missing out on? Are they getting their childhood fully? And them creating now this network that was a, a satirical parody of a child's life. A dramatic, crazy situation in the classroom. So, you know, kids creating a comedy skit show. Um, cartoons. Like, all these things were to give you the inner child you didn't get to have. And it was like, that is, that's beautiful. That's that's why I like that's to super capitalism. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it's beautiful, but it it to, and I like that perspective because it is capitalism. It's, it's, it's playing on exactly no, what what you need. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's because it's a break from the life that they know you're going to be living in this country. But here's a ease. Here's something to go back to every once in a while, so you can come back, and then you're going to pay for this. It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's great because we didn't know it. We were mm-hmm. still like. So that's why you got to be forgiven to your parents. Yeah. Because yeah. imagine, like, what your parents thought it was. Yeah. They thought that it was, like, good for you. Yeah. And then some people were probably like, what? Don't be having your kid watch that bullshit. Yeah. They tripping. Like, why would you be letting them just sit around and, like, watch that? Be like, because it's, it's a kid. They trying to have fun. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
Man, it's the same the same right. conversation with the iPads right now. Kids mm-hmm. on the iPad. Mm, so mm-hmm. I have a and because I um on the wrap up of this, I wanted yeah. to uh no the generation that I came up in, we watched movies that were like from the seventies up to you know like early early nineties, mm. and they were like street culture movies or like mm. uh, movies that talked about uh, coming out of oppression. Or slavery, and then on the other hand, you had white people who who had movies that were talking about technology and computers and computer mm-hmm. hacking mm-hmm. and uh, robots and Honey I Shrunk the Kids and like yeah, magical, deep. you know, like uh, the Ghostbusters and things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see how all of those movies on this side created such a large amount of innovative thinking and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like brand driven things. Mm-hmm. It's no boys in the hood merch. It's no boys in the hood. It's not like it's not like Tonka came and did the '64 Impala. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. All we got out of that was like gangster music and like guns in the street. Guns and Trauma. I mean, Ice Cube became an amazing actor. John Singleton became an amazing director. Yeah, and and it's a complex thing because. We don't have the movies that inspired us to grow in that creative space, which takes me back to the iPad, because it's like our culture is taught to take, put that technology shit down, go outside, go mm-hmm. do, you know, like uh, remedial things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like uh, play, kick, kick the ball, throw some football, get out the house, like go just be outside, right? And then all the other kids are like. On the way at their computers, learning how to crack codes and understanding cryptocurrency and metaverse and mm. things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get our kids acclimated That's for deep. the future, then they're going to be left behind just like we was. Ah, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Because the things that, listen, I ain't going to bullshit you, man. It's the craziest shit. It's the craziest shit. It sounds like some shit I shouldn't say, but it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The fact that. Man, we still can wear Jordans. Hey, man. <laughs> the that, fact that we still can wear Jordans. That's, listen, man. Yeah. That's a sneaker from 1980, from what, 89? That was layered, like, though, too, boy. Yeah. Something like that's a, that. It's like, you know, they still sell us the exact, exact same, same technology. Mm-hmm. Same and it's like, wait, okay, wait. I mean, damn, I get it. But, like, we, we, we pay more now than we paid then. Nah, man, listen. It's like as a consumer base, like we built the whole thing. the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. And it's so crazy because we're still building it, right? And Nike is doing a great job of helping us build it and like you know, supporting us there and taking mm-hmm. advantage of us at certain places and but like, they own you know, it. Shit. And it's like, yeah, but can we get like 16, maybe 20 new like sneaker companies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Invest in the next black sneaker designer brand. You don't even have to invest. Well, you ain't got to, but. You don't even have to invest because but like it would be told, cool, all though. you got to do is get hot. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Get hot, huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But listen, what I'm saying to you yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. can you. It's like, it's like, uh, oh man, I'm trying to say it like. Uh, how, okay, listen, mm-hmm. this, is, this is where it is, right? It's like, you know, in the vegan market, it's so many new brands. They only selling product that's like considered to be vegan, but it's still food. 
Yeah, it's yeah. not like it's not like it's not, it's <laughs> not, not like a new it's creation. New so it's just like this is vegan donut. It's just it's just a, it's a donut, but now it's like a vegan, vegan donut, right? Yeah. And it's like okay, cool. So you see how they made like you got food, and then they got like vegan food, and then they got like gluten. Food. They got all these categories. <laughs> yeah, gluten free. Yeah, yeah. Like it's labels. still all food. But then, to the labels. but then it's still just like Nike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yo, wait. So we're all it, okay. If it's Nike at the top, and Nike at the top, and they're like multi-billion-dollar company, then mm-hmm. it should be like it could be like fifty other brands right there that's yeah. making like a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. No, and it could be like seventeen brands out here that's making like thirty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. because we have allowed the categories to be so steeped in us mm-hmm. that it's just like, oh shit, it's only this or that. Yep. But. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's it's just one of those things that is like complex because it's embedded, yeah, yeah, it's embedded on almost as a ceiling. Where are the sneakers? Listen, you gotta yeah. be young sneaker designers out here designing yeah. those sneakers. So many, yeah. And I love those sneakers. Mm-hmm. And I ain't talking about like I love Nikes. I love dope sneakers. Mm-hmm. I want some more categories. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just one of the things. <laughs> one of the things, of but many. it's one of the most important things yeah. in fashion. In fashion, fashion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, look. And our perspective on it. Shout out to my man Sean P. He was the head buyer for Saks Fifth Avenue, me okay. and his apartment. And he was like, "I remember when it was no luxury sneaker market." I was like, "What?" He was like, "Yeah." He was like, "I helped build the luxury sneaker market." I was like, "Oh man, this is wild." He was like, "Yeah, it was like Prada." And Gucci mm-hmm. were like the only luxury sneaker market. Mm-hmm. Man, do you know every brand has sneakers now? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, y'all, y'all miss what I'm saying. Every. All <laughs> the brands have sneakers. Yeah. But it's no new sneaker brands that we own. Mm. Yeah. It's all established. It was all established brands, and then they had a sneaker department now. That's what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Versus new ideas generating new companies that are. Only make sneakers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That's, it I'm about, it's like it, it's like it, it, it's like it's like it's really weird that the market that we created. Because I'm saying mm. our culture created what Nike has as a culture to today. Yeah, today, yeah. the sneakers. We created that. Well, we supported Nike there, not created it. We supported because Nike created the Jordan. We supported Jordan. We supported the culture. The culture built. That's what we created. We created that, the that culture desire, the culture part of The culture it, yeah. right? And then Nike was like, okay, we can amplify it. And I know a lot of people who have been a part of that process. It's not just like uh, uh, just a Nike thing. It's been like the culture has been involved in building mm-hmm. this relationship with us, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. I totally get it. I love it. I don't think Nike has done um, it. I don't think that the Nike thing is a problem. I just think that if all of the luxury shoe company, all the luxury apparel brands could start shoes and now they could actually make those departments actually grow. It just shows that it's a consumer who's willing to try new footwear Mm. all the time at any price point. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, I ain't mind on that. Yeah, because yeah. I'm saying it's, it's categories that still could be fulfilled. I agree, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
not to keep it any longer, you know, so I can make sure I wrap up in time, man. First, thank you for sitting oh, on with us, man. Yeah, appreciate yeah, you. Man. Yeah. Thank you, man. Uh, any place they can find you, anything coming soon for you? Uh, yes. Um, uh, damn, man. Uh, Atlanta Map on social media. That's two Ps, right? Two Ps, yeah. Um, and MelroseHigh.com. I'll be... Uh, I'm going to be mixing it up. That's what I'm going to say. I'm in pursuit of it. I'm in pursuit of the uh, designer's lifestyle for the rest of my life. Yeah. Solid, man. Thank you for being a part of Free Wisdom. Um, I'm your host, Latif Wisdom. I'm out. And until next time. Peace. Free Wisdom.